doctor and chiropractic, right? Yes, sir. All right. And you're at, what is it, Clayton, right? Yeah, so I work at uh, Clayton Performance and Wellness. I got you, man. And did, did you do anything before you became a doctor in chiropractic? Because I know, I mean, you're you're a big guy. I mean, you're a muscular dude, so I imagine you competed, huh? Yeah, um, I, I actually started competing. Um, it would have been at the very end of my uh, undergrad degree. Um, I think so, 2015 Yeah, is when I did a competition. I'd been working out for years at that point. Um, I got pretty consistent with it after high school. Hell yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, 2015, I decided to hop into a competition and uh, kind of been hooked ever since. And then just getting, obviously, putting in more work over the years and getting better with nutrition and focusing, you know, more and more on it. How'd you do the first time around? Uh, I did well. I mean, I did men's physique, which is what I kind of call men's bikini. So I was wearing it's pretty like, much. You know, yeah, pretty much right. Kind of thing. Um, but I, uh, I took first place in that competition. It was a local competition in, uh, Frick yeah, man. Michigan, if I remember right. Holy cow. And, and where do you live? You said you're in Michigan, right? Uh, well, I'm from Michigan okay. originally. Um, and I went to school at Michigan state. Nice. But, uh, now I live in, uh, the St. Louis area, Missouri. Oh, nice, man. That's awesome. How's the, uh, how's like the competition, uh, variety or environment there? Um, it's definitely more competitive there okay. is i mean there's more people here which is probably part of it because i'm from a pretty small town in northern michigan so yeah um no it's funny my horn, but if i go home i'm the biggest guy there and i'm not like you know anything i'm not a freak show or anything no uh, but, but it's there's so many more people and so many more people that are competitive and compete yeah a lot better quality so it's definitely more competitive and uh, a bigger deal here yeah because i think it changes from place to place you know i'm in uh I'm in Louisiana, and even though there's competitions down here, it, it you know from from people I talk to, there really is a difference in in how big the competitions are, how people perceive competitions. You know, in Florida, it's pretty big. There's people starting stuff over there, and and yeah, I mean, I can imagine where you are. It's 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 got to be the same kind of environment. Like people just get into it as sort of a way to have like a a short term goal, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's a um, I mean, there's kind of like, like you said, there's like little meccas of bodybuilding throughout the United States. It's not huge everywhere. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's definitely some certain spots and, you know, Florida is one of them, um, out kind of West California and Colorado. It's true, man. Um, St. Louis, a pretty, a pretty good presence. It'd be cool to do something in Colorado. Cause I know, shoot, I mean, you know, fitness is big there from, from what I've heard. It's, it's definitely that kind of everybody's active. Everybody's moving, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I was actually considering doing a competition in Colorado this year. I'm oh, not sure awesome. yet, but I'm looking. It, yeah, because I guess you, you know, you take it step by step. I'm sure, I'm sure you know by now for sure that it's like you, you just sort of, you go through the months, and then once competition season rolls around, you just kind of, you kind of look in the mirror and gauge yourself at that moment. You're like, all right, am I ready? Am I not? You know. Yeah, exactly. You gotta, you gotta take a good, uh, you know, inventory of yourself, and yeah. your, I mean, honestly, you're lucky to ready and in a good position to start a competition prep because once you kind of decide you have you know it could be anywhere from eight to 20 weeks or so to get so ready true. for it so you got to kind of plan ahead and know what you're doing once you decide that you're ready to do it do you feel like people need a coach to be able to prepare for a show because i'm kind of i know i did i did a couple without a coach and it's it's one of those things i feel like people could do but you got to go into it kind of knowing what you got to give, you know? 
Yeah, I, uh, I, you, I think you, you can do it without a coach, but I, I think you're um, losing a huge asset. I agree. You don't coach. I agree, um, man. I, I, yeah, I, for sure. Yeah, it's an objective eye. It's someone that's going to look at you. Um, you know, through their lens, not your own, because yeah. a lot of times we're our own toughest critics. And I know from my preps up until when I'm walking on the stage, I look down and I'm like, shit, like, you know, these guys look better than me. I don't look that good. Like, I don't know if I'm ready. And I'm like walking on stage and there's nothing left to do, but, you know, show it off. Damn and right. then I see pictures later on and I'm like, oh, like I looked way better than I thought, like looking down at myself or looking in a mirror. Like, so having that coach not only is like guidance knowledge accountability but it's also you know a, kind of an objective eye or a, you know a second opinion that's a little bit um more critical and i guess less biased yeah uh, if i'm trying to find the right word to describe it because you know like i said when you look at yourself especially at the end of a prep when you're mm -hmm. super low energy tired you know life sucks like you're just miserable those last few days you don't you know, I've never personally felt like I was like ready, ready. Yeah. But then I stayed shots and my coach is like, all right, this is good. You know, it, it gives you a, it gives, uh, like, like encouragement. Yeah. 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 It's everybody's different. Um, and every coach is different and everybody needs different things. For sure. And I feel like, uh, you know, I don't know what you think about this. I, I've found this kind of recently, especially when you're like working out with a gym partner or a coach or whatever, you know, people have different ways of being motivated or ways they accept motivation, right? I don't know what kind of person you are, but it's, it's you know, some people like to have some aggressive motivation, you know, somebody yelling at them, you know, talk, talking to them rough and everything. And then some people just kind of like somebody who doesn't even talk that much, who's just kind of sitting there being like a quiet sort of guide through that set, you know? What do you think about that? Um, again, it's, it's definitely like personal preference. We yeah. all need a little something different between a training partner and a coach. True, um, man. I know I'm kind of somewhere in between what you just described. I like, you know, I can go in and sometimes I love to just put my head down and music in and Damn don't right. speak to anybody and work. Um, it's true, but I do like that aggressive training partner. I like somebody that's going to push me. Yeah. I, I work out alone most of the time and I know I push myself pretty hard, Yeah, but I know when I'm the right person with me, they just a little bit harder and i i know like you know when you have someone there that tells you to do two more reps when you're almost done oh you might it helps. be in pain you, you know, awesome. say you hit a 10 you're in pain and you're like oh, oh this sucks i can't get one more and you got someone who says one more and you're like well okay shit i gotta do that and they're like all right one more and you're like i gotta do it and like, yeah. it might be like partial reps or they're helping you but you might get an additional five reps out of that one set for and then sure if you do that for an hour hour and a half maybe you just pumped out an extra 30 or 40 reps you know, at failure when you were fatigued that you might not have done alone, even if you were pushing yourself. Yeah. You'd be so toasted. I like that kind of training style where someone's kind of in my face and they push me. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, also too, it's, it's kind of, I feel like that uh, for me personally, like leg day helps out whenever you have to work out the legs. Like it's funny how, how you realize how awesome a training partner is to have on those days, you know, cause it's, I feel like we all kind of have this tendency to maybe dog it a little bit on, on a leg day or a tough leg day, you know? So, yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's one of those workouts that's, if you're doing it right, mm -hmm. in my opinion, it should be the most tiring and most painful. It's true. But, 
Yeah, but I mean, see, I, I like to skip leg day. I like to have little tiny thin <laughs> legs. So I feel like I'm really pushing myself toward like, you know, fraternity, douchebag looking body. So that's kind of what I'm pushing at right now. Just <laughs> just so you're aware. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm looking I'm looking to have like like little girl ballerina legs is what I'm kind of pushing right now. So, you know, smaller your legs are, the bigger your upper body looks. Exactly. See, my point exactly. You know, I'm looking to, you know, my head might look like Sputnik when people look at me, but it's okay. I'll just I'll just look imposing on the upper portion. Then they look at my calves and that that intimidation goes away immediately. So, Exactly. But I'll be honest, I don't think I've ever had a girl, you know, uh, I don't think a girl's ever turned anyone down because of small calves. So I think it's going to be it's okay. <laughs> it's funny. No, no, no. But it's funny. Yeah, I'm, it's so funny that you brought that up. Um, of no, a buddy of mine. Now, granted, th this you know they may have said this because they wanted to sound nice or whatever. But he told me that the like he didn't have good calves, right? And he would ask girls like, oh, you know what, what body part do you find most attractive or do you look for in a guy right it could be abs it could be arms whatever but no but they said that they like good calves and he didn't have good calves so in the back of my mind i was like well i don't know man maybe <laughs> maybe they're just trying to say that to be nice i don't know so or not i have no idea but it was funny it was just he brought that up and i'm like well shit i'm never gonna get anywhere yeah i was gonna say that's a uh news to me i i hope that hasn't got me yet i'm gonna make sure my calf oh now. you're fine man no you're good have you ever thought about doing like classic physique um i have so you know my plan is uh i want to i want to earn my pro card nice but i know once i earn my pro card to be competitive at a, at a pro because i do open bodybuilding so Ooh, yeah uh, open bodybuilding is the biggest of the biggest yeah you know, the Brad Warns, those kind of guys yeah to get on to be competitive at that level, I would have to do you know a, a ton of extra supplements, exactly, you know, drugs and stuff like that, and I would have to get to you know probably pretty uncomfortable weights. And, yeah, you know, I'm five seven and I'm over two hundred pounds right now. My Jesus body doesn't want to be two forty or two fifty. No, you're and those are the kind of weights minimum that I have. I would probably have to get to to be competitive as a pro. So you know, this is again. It, it, looking into the future, I have to earn the pro card first, one step at a time. Yeah. But if I if I do earn that pro card, classic physique might be a little bit better fit for me, mm -hmm. where I could do it a little bit more healthy with less drugs and supplements and stuff like that, and uh, you know, be competitive without walking around at two sixty at five seven. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. So, it, yeah, for sure. And it's everybody's. I mean, I don't know the sport of bodybuilding. Everybody's gotten bigger anyway, you know. So it's kind of. It's tough nowadays to sort of push yourself to that level when you're when you got your pro card and you look at yourself. It's like you really have to be aware of what your standing is, you know, in the competition, where your size is, what you feel like you can do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, man. I've tried, I tried class. I mean, not classic. <laughs> no, not classic physique. I'd look terrible. No, and it, it was the men's physique. It was funny. It, it, you you really do see. You know, with like men's physique, especially with calves, you know, nobody really had big calves in the men's physique side. That was always yeah. what blew my mind. Even like the bigger guys still didn't have huge calves. So it made me feel good, I guess. You know, I walked up there and I'm like, at least our calves are the same size. Yeah, so, you're like, all right, I'm not the only one. Exactly. Yeah, I know. It's like, even though I was I was smaller than some of the guys in the upper body, it was like, at least we have matching calves. Now I don't feel so bad. 
Hell yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, what brought you to do chiropractic as opposed to like physical therapy, man? Um, so it was, uh, again, back in college. So 10 or 11 50, uh, years ago or so. Okay. Um, I mean, I had been seeing chiropractors my whole life, um, yeah. just not consistently. So, um, but in college, you know, the thing is I, I'm hunched over a desk for hours and hours and hours a day, just oh, studying. Yeah. Class. So my back hurt, my neck hurt, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, and you know, once I got to chiropractic school, we kind of just called it student syndrome because everybody was hunched over a laptop all day. Yeah, exactly. My back and neck hurt. I finally went and saw a chiropractor. I started seeing him regularly. Yeah. Um, and I remember the very first visit they did an x-ray and I, you know, I come in, I, I'm looking at the x-ray before, mm. um, the chiropractor came in and I was a, a pre-med, um, human biology major. So I'm looking at the x-ray and I know what I'm looking at Yeah. and I see how straight my neck is. Um, so your neck is supposed to have a backward curvature basically. Sure. Um, uh, is that the kyphotic Lord or is it lordotic? Oh, so that would be a lordosis. You have lordosis. a lordosis in your neck, a kyphosis in your thoracic section and a lordosis again in your, uh, lumbar region. Okay. Um, so your lumbar region and your cervical spine kind of have a uh, circular or a concave uh, pattern sure. or uh, build in the same direction. And I remember looking at mine and my neck was straight. And it's mm. because your neck is supposed to curve backwards. Well, when you're constantly looking down or forward, it straightens the neck out. And then eventually over time, it can kind of you know, basically get stuck there just to put it simply. Oh, your muscles <laughs> kind of get used to being in that posture for so long. Yeah. I'm looking at my neck. I'm like, that's not good. You're like, I, immediately, I don't like this. Yeah, exactly. I yeah. like, I saw that and before he came in. I'm like, shit, we got work to do. Yeah. And I was like, that explains why my neck hurts. It's not supposed to be straight. Um, <laughs> so I started seeing him regularly. I think I went every other week for a year or so. Um, and uh, at that point, I was getting close to graduation. So I was trying to figure out where I wanted to go. Like sure. I said, I had a pre-med degree, which is either you go to some form of med school um, you know, uh, chiropractic school, PT school, something like that, mm -hmm. or going to research. I didn't want to do research. I knew I was heading in the medical field. So I'm, I'm shadowing doctors. I'm studying for the MCAT. Uh, you know, I studied MDs, DOs, uh, PTs. Yeah. All the, the, the uh, whole, the whole variety. I, yeah, I studied, exactly. I was getting, I was shadowing a little bit of everybody. So I kind of learned what I liked and didn't like and exactly where I wanted to go. Yeah. Um, well, after getting, chiropractic treatment and, uh, shadowing my chiropractor. I was like, this is where I want to go. My big thing is I don't like, uh, I don't like how drugs are used to treat so many things. And so quickly mm. drugs are often the first option for most conditions when in reality, a ton of other natural things can be utilized first before result, you know, resulting to a drug. Totally. Um, so, you know, and obviously I'm into health. I'm into eating healthy and working out. Uh, no I mean, way. Yeah. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> like great natural ways to improve your health, reduce risk of injury, reduce, you know, obesity, diabetes, uh, diabetes, cardio, you know, everything. Yeah. Exercising well is, is nature's like health cure. Um, so, I, you know, I just kind of believe in a more natural approach. And I agree. With so that. I decided you know, I don't really want to push drugs. And I, I highly respect the NDs, DOs. I, you know, I'm not against it. And I personally know when I can and cannot help something. Mm -hmm. I know that there is a time and a place for drugs and surgery. I can't adjust cancer away. Um, you know, if you come in with a fracture in your back, I'm going to send you to the ER like, or take you myself. Um, yeah. so 
I highly respect all those professions and that's not uh you know a knock on them but that just wasn't the route that I wanted to take oh yeah and and it's I, I I'm telling you man I'm starting to really love the, the field of of chiropractic nowadays you know because it's so much more than what I assumed it was years ago it's it's become this this real long-term solution to chronic pain almost and I sort of see it as as it's almost it, it really does seem like a magic pill you know and and chiropractors are, are doing such a good job nowadays to implement various methods of cool cool types of therapy that are just helping people and it's and it's to your point you talked about the natural remedy like yeah. natural remedies that that help people get out of the mindset of of being on meds and having that crutch so i see it yeah and it, it's just great to be able to help people you know without drugs if they're not needed yeah um and you know wonderful results all the time and there's such a, a variety and i think chiropractic is definitely growing and it is. you know not only growing but it's it's becoming more accepted too mm -hmm. and people are realizing that you know um it works first of all and that chiropractors can do a lot more than just adjust your neck. Oh, big time. Neck. Big time. They do a lot more than that. And I, you know, I personally take a lot of pride in the education and degrees and, you know, doctorate that I've earned. Mm -hmm. uh, and I refer to myself as a physician. Um, oh, you are? Some, yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I don't want that to come off in a cocky way. I never No, no, dude. You're a doctor, man. It's it's I know as well as anybody. Like you you went through it. You you're a bona fide doctor, man. I thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. But yeah, yeah I would say I take pride in that, but I also take that into into consideration every day. I feel like that's something that I need to earn and prove almost. Yeah. You know, so I do far more than just adjustments. I I, you know, I refer people out for blood work. Mm -hmm. I work hand, hand with surgeons and other doctors and PTs. I get regular imaging done. I think that's um, cool. Needed, you know, and like I said, I know when and when and when and uh, when not to adjust. Yeah. I know when I need to refer out for something. I know what is in my wheelhouse and my specialty and I know what's not. And I'm more than happy to refer out and work with other doctors. And, you know, if it's drugs, surgery, corticosteroid shots, like, I know when that stuff's needed and I'm not necessarily against it, but I also know that I can help with a lot of things prior. Yeah. And, uh, so I just take a ton of time to work with my patients in all facets, whether it's their neck pain, whether it's their headaches, whether they have uh, an AC joint separation from a car accident, mm -hmm. whether it's one of the seven or eight torn labrums that I've yeah. diagnosed. Um, you know, I work really hard to prove that, you know, I know more than just how to crack things. Yeah, you're in the business of of giving people encouragement and and sort of desensitizing them to movement, you know, as opposed to yeah. as opposed to just just saying, "Hey, you you know, you need to go see a doctor." No, you're you're like, "No, we can we can work with this. We can make you feel better and and you can see that there's an easier solution to these things that you might be worried about." Yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Do you feel as though chiropractic chiropractors nowadays are kind of they're filling a larger need that people have for movement and pain because that's definitely what i think you mentioned it earlier they don't just crack backs anymore they don't just crack necks even though that feels good chiropractors are becoming more necessary because of how much you guys are freaking doing right now you know yeah i i 
I think that's exactly the case. Like I said, I think it's growing. Yeah. I think that it's becoming uh, more um, more accepted by people. And then, like you mentioned, people are understanding that we do more than just crack backs. You know, it's not just quackery or, <laughs> or well, what we do works, but we also do more than just adjustments. We do, you know, I yeah. personally do a lot of tissue. And like I said, I've diagnosed multiple torn labrums, uh, you know, AC joint sprain separations. I've treated sprained ankles. Like I, you know, I've worked with pregnant patients. I go over people's blood work. Um, you know, I do all that kind of stuff. And it's because, like I said, I, I earned the title of a doctor. So I'm going to be a doctor. I'm not, you know, I'll be honest, cracking bones is hard. I'm sure you can crack your knuckles or crack your neck or something. That's not hard. Well, it's, it, it's funny though. <laughs> I, I, I hesitate to crack my neck though, because I'd be, I'd be the kind of guy like I can, I'll screw this up and I'll just kill myself, you know, be like, all right, it feels <laughs> good, but I'm dead. Mean. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody that way, but um, you know, I, I don't think the chances of you seriously hurting yourself are pretty low, but, um, again, you know, making things crack, isn't hard. Adjusting them properly is where, you know, where the science and where the training comes in. So I, I usually try to tell patients, you know, I don't recommend you crack stuff at home. You know, it might feel good in the moment and you might get it to crack, but it doesn't mean it, it went in the right direction. So that's true. Yeah. It's yeah. almost, you just, it's just kind of a habit for people, you know, they just crack whatever. Yeah. And it's not, it's not something like you guys do that's meant to be an adjustment or something to kind of put them at ease, you know? Yeah. So you know, I kind of get it like, um, you know, if, if you're getting a corticosteroid shot, you know, the self adjustment is you're just making stuff pop Yeah. in relation to that shot. You're just stabbing yourself somewhere. It doesn't matter <laughs> where it might help. It might not. But if it's your shoulder, that's the problem. And you put it in your hip, it doesn't work. Yeah. Where I come in is I adjust things the proper way where they need to be adjusted. And I do it, you know, the proper way so that it actually helps rather than just kind of blindly cracking things. Yeah, that's true. And, and what, what happens like from a from a medical perspective like what is actually happening with a crack it's just air bubbles right like just air bubbles in the in the musculature i'm probably freaking wrong about that cuz i've never really no, known you know so there's yes there's a there's air bubbles within the fluid in the joints and when you okay. take a joint um, to a certain range of motion and you get that cavitation it's actually the bursting of those air bubbles within the fluid um, ah. so that's why if you crack like your knuckles if you crack your middle finger you got to wait a few minutes before you can crack it again. It takes time for those bubbles to reform because all that gas was dissolved during that cavitation. Oh, I get, I, I get what you're saying. Well, for me, I just like to keep bending it and just keep going. Like if I, if I crack it, I'm like, let me just wait two seconds. All right. Mm, nope. And then I, and then I break my finger, you know, <laughs> wait, wait about five minutes. And then okay, fine. Go. There you go. Now I know the frequency of my cracking, what it should be. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's interesting though, because I never, I didn't know really what what the implications were of cracking, you know, I because I know it feels damn good when yeah. somebody who knows what they're doing does it. So it's I just knew that it's like, you know, you probably get it all the time. If you do crack somebody's back, they probably have like like a reaction to it. Like, oh, wow. Like, holy cow. That's crazy. You know, yeah, I was going to say I, I get that kind of stuff every day. And it's I'm sure it's great. Yeah, and it pro it's probably a cool feeling. You're sitting there, you do it, and and these people's it's it's almost like their eyes open up, and they're like, "Whoa, like that that was so crazy," you know? Yeah, I would say it is. It's it's one of the one of the best parts of the job is that right there. There's a there's a few things that I really like about it, that's dope, and that's man. one is that instant rea uh, instant reaction, that instant sense of like well being or you know pain relief or in it's like almost instantaneous how you get uh, yeah. 
in relief, improved range of motion. It's it's great. Yeah, it's freaking it's it's so good for for people to feel that because they probably they probably panic throughout the day. They don't know why their lower back hurts or that kind of thing. And and I feel as though I don't I don't know what you think about this. I know a lot of times people go into the gym and maybe this is what contributes to pain. Just maybe I'm just I'm just spitballing. But I know a lot of people avoid uh, very transferable movements like squats or deadlifts or things because they might be afraid that that pain is gonna is gonna act up. And I guess what I'm learning nowadays is that you know for somebody who knows what they're doing and experienced people, you know, just learning how to scale movement is kind of the missing ingredient for anybody looking to reduce pain to some degree if they were to do it themselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and it's it's uh not not a terrible idea to avoid exercises that bother you. Okay. But, um, I, I always, you know, I don't want people to not squat and not deadlift. Those are great exercises and there's nothing significantly dangerous about them. As long as your form is good, you're not, you know, lifting way more than you can handle when things are done properly. Those are great exercises given that you are relatively healthy and don't have any, you know, particular injuries already. Um, and so with all my patients, I, I very rarely have them refrain from activity or specific exercises unless there's like an acute condition going on. Um, you know, most of the time I might work like, you know, I have a patient that I've been working on their shoulder, mm-hmm. probably worked on it two or three times. They felt great. And I was like, all right, let's introduce that because there's one specific movement. Um, it's a, a bench press and an incline bench press that really bothered their shoulder. You know, so after about two weeks, I said, all right, let's get back into that, those movements, see how you feel. We're going to go lighter weight and let me know, does it hurt the shoulder or not? You know, are we seeing some improvement? And, uh, you know, sure enough, bench press, no pain anymore. Totally fine. So we're, I think we're back to two weeks of, you know, training with yeah. the bench press. No issues and he's feeling better. Still got some issues on the incline, but not as bad. So I'm like, all right, we're making some progress. But, you know, so the whole point of that is that I don't ever want people to stop exercising. Mm-hmm. or You know, I, I really don't want people to stop doing certain movements. Um, yeah. the goal is I tell them a lot of the time, you know, if it hurts, modify it. So it doesn't hurt. Exactly. It's the form, the weight, uh, you know, the intensity, you got to modify it, you know? Yeah. And it's, it, day, go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, no. I was just saying it, it's, you know, goals like muscle building, like what you said, you modify it. Goals can still be achieved even with modifications like that. That's what, that's what a lot of people, I guess, don't realize is that you can still gain muscle even if you're lifting uh, a super light weight for a hell of a lot of reps. You know, you're still working toward muscle growth. You know, so it's it's people can still achieve what they want to achieve even with a modified type of workout. You know, yeah, you just kind of have to find what works for you individually. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And where do you want to go with you know your your chiropractic practice right now? You have the one, the one building, right? That's yours. You own that. Um, I don't own the building, so okay. I, I rent my office space um, within a building. Yeah, well, it's, it's still your thing. It's the yeah, it's the it's the uh, Doctor Justin Kelly experience. Yeah, exactly. I'm the only only physician there, and I, you know, I, I run my own business, literally top nice, to bottom, man. everything I do. Um, I have expanded kind of recently, and I have a second office. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually work out of it's a private gym here in st louis that's dope, um, man. yeah i was gonna say it, it's a it's a great place and we're working on um bringing kind of everything under one roof nice and so 
we have, um, like I said, it's a private personal training gym. So when you go in there, you rent it out. So, you know, your time slot is from four to five. The whole gym is yours from four to five, the whole gym. Yeah. So you get free reign of everything. On top of that, we have me in there now. So we're offering chiropractic services. We have a personal uh, massage therapist and there's also group, um, you know, workout classes too. So we're kind of trying to bring all these things into one, you know, you got the recovery, you got Mm -hmm. the nutrition, you got the exercise in the gym. Um, and so, like I said, it's, it's private members and, uh, I've been lucky enough to kind of expand and that's now my second office that I'm at twice a week treating patients, that's um, awesome, to, you know, build a relationship with the owner. Who's a great guy and local to STL. Um, and then I'm also treat some pro athletes because this gym, uh, caters to some pro football players and no some, way. Uh, a little bit higher end, uh, whether it's sports, money, or uh, fame, like there's yeah. some higher end people that go here, um, and so I, I've had the, the I've been fortunate enough to be able to start treating some pro NFL players now. That's dope, been- man! Wow, that's no, that's incredible. I, I like that. Just you said you do group you do group classes too, is what you said. I don't do them. Oh, okay. the, the gym offers those. Oh, okay. I was like, damn, man, you're like you're doing it all. You're you're reinventing the idea of being a chiropractor. Shoot. I feel like that's group classes where people are cracking yeah. their necks, right? It's just, <laughs> aha! <laughs> there, there's yeah. my medical humor for you, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. Let's let's forget I said that and and did that dad joke right there. <laughs> yeah. No, but that's man, that's amazing. I, I like that. Do you do you feel like being in that environment where you kind of have access to that different kind of clientele helps people? you know, build a business just in general? Like if they were in an environment that has a lot of traffic from maybe NFL players or pro athletes, that that's a benefit to them? Yeah, it, okay. it absolutely It's a benefit to the players and members <clears throat> as well as a benefit to me. True. Um, you know, now when those guys come in, those football players come in for off-season training, when the members come in for training, they just say, hey, like we have a chiropractor in-house now. You can come here, get your workout in. If you want, you can get a massage. We'll give you a protein shake, and then we can get you a chiropractic appointment all set up. So it kind of like sells itself for me. I've been, uh, you know, with this second office, mm-hmm. I don't have to do much other than introduce myself and schedule an appointment. And it's it's been great for me, and then it's also great because I get to give back and help out um, you know, these members, these people, these athletes, mm. and, uh, you know, I'm really excited to see where the athletes go, um, you know, and kind of keep up with their, their seasons and stuff after seeing me. Well, it's, it's cool that you don't, you don't, I mean, you still have to work hard, but it's not, you don't have to put too much time into really trying to sell yourself to these people in essence. Like you can, yeah. you can, you can kind of live off you know, your notoriety now and the word of mouth and everything. And God, it's it's just really about, in the beginning, it is just about kind of grinding and figuring out what works, you know? I've had have just talked with so many people about it and it's kind of just kind of learning as I go, you know? So, but no, to your point, that, that makes perfect sense. It's like you, you, you do, you know, being in that environment is, is very much helpful. Yeah, I was going to say, it's great. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you definitely have to grind, especially a lot at the beginning, and you're constantly learning. I mean, I'm still learning. I've been doing this for a few years now, but I'm still learning and still growing. Yeah, um, I've come a long way from where I was when I first started. Um, you know, and I still work. That's I awesome. Still work man. my ass off. Oh, I bet um, you do. Yeah, a little bit better at it, and you know, there's uh, there's things that I'm learning as we go along, and like I said, it's just kind of 
taken off even better and better and faster. I kind of want to achieve my dreams by doing nothing. Do you think that would help? I kind of just want to sit back and eat like Doritos all day. I plan on doing that. I think that'll really kind of push me to the next level in success. It just depends on what your goals are, what level, you know, if you want to be <laughs> on a, my 600 pound life, I think you're on the right track. You know, you, you know, I might, you might see me on TV, man. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be laughing at you. I'm going to be pointing at the screen going, ha ha, I freaking did it. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm, I, I'm rooting for you. I mean, what was it? <laughs> person and her really heavy mom, they got famous off being ridiculous. That's right. You're going to, you're going to punch your, your massage table and be like, frick, freaking beat me. So yeah, there you go. There you go. And then you can, and then you're going to try to crack my back through all that fat, you know, it'll be tough for you. See how you do. Yeah. <laughs> to, you're going to have to go on Atkins first before I can crack your back, man. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Like, We're going to have to right. lose about 60 pounds before I can even feel your stomach processes. <laughs> does that actually depend is if, if somebody is on the heavier side, does that actually kind of affect the way their, their treatment goes? Um, I, yeah. I, I know it's kind of a mean thing for me to say, but I'm always, no, is, is that no. a, is that a real concern if somebody came to you? Um, it can be, it, you know, okay. it, it obviously depends on how much extra weight they may or may not have. Sure. Um, so like I said, you know, I, I treat some pro football players. I treat some pro bodybuilders. Oh, um, wow. I treat some power lifters. So I've treated some pretty big humans, whether it was, you know, I'll be honest, most of my patients are, they're big, but if, if anything, they're more so on the muscular side, but I have a couple heavier set patients and it does, it can affect how I treat things. Um, one of them is just mobility. Yeah. I'm trying to put someone into a side posture position. It might be hard for me to do that with somebody who's pretty, you know, heavy, whether it's fat or muscle, some of those bigger bodies just don't move as well. And for me to get them in the correct position for an adjustment might be harder or, or almost, you know, impossible. Um, so I have to, I, I might have to adapt and adjust them in a different way. And luckily there's several different ways to adjust almost everything. So I have options, you know, in my toolbox. Um, and sometimes I have to do that and, and that, but that kind of goes for anybody because, you know, even if someone's skinny or a normal size, they might not move well in side, side posture. So I have to, you know, find a new way to adjust them because that, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's yeah. Body everybody's body. got their own, their own considerations and everything conditions. Yeah, exactly. So I have to kind of figure that out and roll with it and learn what works best for that patient. And yeah, so for some of those bigger people, there are certain modifications I have to do yeah. when it comes to adjusting and treatment. Um, but it's, it's honestly not that crazy. You know, uh, I think the more common question I actually have been asked is like, is it hard to adjust some of those big guys? Like, the power lifters and bodybuilders. Uh, you know, that's that's what I was curious about too, because maybe that's even tough. Like the more muscular people, I know when people talk about like trigger point therapy and trying to get knots out of people's backs, I know that more muscular individuals tend to be harder to deal with or harder to get knots out of, you know? So same, does the yeah. same apply to you? Yeah, I mean, they can be because if they're working out hard and they're heavily muscled, mm -hmm. you know, it might be tighter than somebody that's not, you know, training five, six times a week That's true. Um, and has a couple hundred pounds of muscle on them. So it, it can sometimes affect how I treat them. But honestly, some of my biggest and most muscular guys have honestly been the, some of the easiest to adjust. Um, you know, that's not the case all the time, hmm. but I, I personally have had very few issues getting good movement and good adjustments out of my bigger patients. I've, I've put some big dudes inside posture and it's been good. Um, so it, it does play a role mm -hmm. 
but it's it's a uh, it's not like you can't adjust them just because they're big you know um some of that comes down to technique some of that comes down to you know still within technique with knowledge you know some of these especially I'm, i keep referring back to side posture but when it comes to flexibility and weight you know that one's the biggest issue yeah um when those big guys you can use their weight as leverage you know when i have their leg folded over if i just put a little pressure and roll them correctly their body weight helps me and does the the work for me. Yeah. Whereas with less body weight, I might have to apply more pressure or more force because their body doesn't have it. Huh. So it's all about kind of, again, same thing. Everybody's different. You just have to learn what works best for them. So um, that's a long winded answer for, I don't really have problems adjusting bigger people for the most part. Mm -hmm. You just got to kind of smart and work with what you. Yeah. It's funny. I, I, I never even realized that. That's so interesting.